0: Should we start with the uh, Definitely. interview? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, can you just tell us about the very start? Like, uh, uh, how did it start? Like, what? How was your childhood and your career and uh, you know, like the transition?
1: I am uh, born born and brought up in Delhi. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did post my MBA from uh, IBS Ahmedabad. Mm-hmm. I went to working with FedEx. I was a sales guy for good five years. Post that, I ventured into the property side, again helping people like Amazon, Flipkart, Panasonic of the world get warehouses across the entire India platform. I was helping them get those warehouses. Okay. Two years down the line, it felt like I was doing too much for no money whatsoever and I was not getting a satisfaction. So I just thought of starting my own thing. When I started, the first investment I did in my business was five thousand rupees.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: started with Amazon US, and for the first two years of my business life, I was doing Amazon US only. I was making decent money in that. But as soon as I entered Amazon India, things changed. The quantum of money involved grew substantially. As in, the investment was very high, but the returns were very less. Okay. So for the last, as of Rather, in the next 30 days, it will be exactly 5 years since I would have left my job. Wow. And started my own thing. I can honestly tell you, when I was working, I was making more in most of the months. But I didn't have a single day peace of mind. Today, even if I don't earn a single rupee, I'm happy. I'm very clear about that. I am content with what I'm doing. I have enough things going on that I don't feel lethargic or something, everything is working out. Even post-COVID, things have changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. What people say, business is going down, for me, it is actually the opposite. Out of the five years that my business career has been, this year would be the most profitable one. Okay. My business has grown roughly fivefold. Mm -hmm. Post-COVID.
0: And uh, why do you think so, Matla? What were the changes?
1: So, my core has always been online. I am a hardcore sales guy, but my focus has always been e-commerce. Whether it is US, Europe, or India. Even today, my focus is 80% e-commerce and 20% wholesale. E-commerce business has taken off and because of e-commerce, I have gotten a lot of exposure into the brands that I do. Due to that, I am getting orders from the offline side as well. Mm -hmm. So, I am the exclusive online distributor for Energizer batteries in India. When Energizer came to India, 2019, I started working with them. I think my first order was roughly around 20-30,000 bucks with them. This was the Tesla market. They had an assumption that we may be able to do 1 lakh LP of sales a month on Amazon. By 2020 April, or rather not even April, by 2020 May June, we were doing 25 lakhs a month.
0: Wow.
1: Just on one brand.
0: Hmm.
1: Because everyone shifted their quantum. Everyone said, okay, we are not going out because of COVID, we are buying online. Right,
0: right.
1: And exactly. due to that, in India right now, whatever energizer batteries are sold, more than 30% are sold by me. Wow.
0: That
1: is a different what COVID has <laughs> done.
0: That's actually nice. Uh, So, uh, do you think that the COVID uh, thing and the social distancing norm that we had that had accelerated the digitization, uh, you know, uh, it was there in, uh, you know, the urban cities like uh, Bangalore, Delhi and all. But rural, maybe we have had got a lot of traction, right, in terms of uh, uh, online orders and e-commerce penetration.
1: What people used to be hesitant about was whether they will get the right quality or not. People used to be wary that, okay, if we pay the money and the product is not what is uh, as described, we will uh, end up losing our money. But Amazon, Flipkart, Paytm, they have made great strides into this area. What they are doing is they are making sure that if the order is not as per the customer expectation or as what is portrayed on the website, the seller is penalized. So as a seller, it incentivizes us to give the customer a proper experience, a good feel. Customer is king. That is what Amazon has taught us and everyone is following suit on that. Right now, the customer confidence has grown because post-COVID, they were stuck at home. They had nothing to do. What people were doing was just buying small, small things. Earlier, if we had a anchoring for something to buy, we used to go out to a mall or a shopping complex or somewhere else. Post-COVID, we were stuck at home and everyone said, okay, now I want to satisfy that craving of buying something. They just went online and started buying a little, little Slowly and steadily, things grew to a point wherein most of the people have migrated from offline to online. At least till November, till Diwali. Post-Diwali, everything changed again. Everyone said, okay, now we don't care. Let's go back to the shops and buy again. <laughs> but the customers have actually accepted online post-Covid a whole hell lot.
0: Right. So uh, Ish now uh, let us uh, just let me tell me about uh, the day you know like you quit your job you said that it has been five years that you have had and you're very happy uh, and I can totally get it because where passion you know your passion and your work if it merges together that's nothing like it so uh, yeah so uh, tell me about the big day like how did the idea of starting your own business come to you And who was the first person you shared it with?
1: It was a very different thing. So I had actually applied for a leave in my last job. I said to my manager that I want to take a 15-day leave. I want to go to Guwahati, Northeast. And my friend was uh, having his wedding there. Mm -hmm. So he said, no, we are not allowing you. I said, okay, here's my resignation. I am going. I don't care about the job anymore. I went out on that vacation During that vacation, I cleared my head. I was with my wife and we mutually decided that, okay, since job is not working out, let's try something else. We decided then and there in Kohati, looking in the jungles and all staying there and we decided, no, let us do something on our own. That is where the business idea came into being. She was the first person who I ever told it to or rather who I actually discussed the thing out loud with Mm -hmm. and we started from there. Once coming back, my boss was very clear, okay, you want to join, you want to do something else. I was like, I really don't care. If you want to give me a relieving letter in one day, I'm happy. If you want to give me a relieving letter in 20 days, I'm happy. I had multiple interviews lined up. Yes. But I had to decline each and every one of them saying that I would not be entering into the job. Part. Yeah. So the idea was in Guwahati, I was there. It was a lot of fun on that vacation and I decided that I will do my own thing.
0: So that was a memorable vacation then.
1: <laughs> definitely was.
0: Yeah. So uh, what did you do next? Like you uh, you had the idea in Guwahati and you came back uh, to your... So
1: once I came back, after the job period ended, for a good 30 days I was there doing absolutely nothing. After that tenure ended, it was very clear. I knew I always wanted to be in the e-commerce side. Since my FedEx days, I had helped a lot of customers come onto the online platform and sell I was handling international sales, exports like and imports for those customers. Mm-hmm. So, I knew US market better than I knew the Indian market. So, that was the first logical step. I found out a few things, a, nick, a few knickknacks. I went to places like Aga, Kishanganj, Ganj uh, and other places, Jaipur and all, to find out what other marble-related artifacts are there. I started getting those from the wholesale places and slowly and steadily started selling them. From there, I migrated on to a very different commodity. I went into the Malwana grinder trade. Oh. It that. was, it is still permissible. So, the grinders are actually just like a small uh, metallic box. Yeah, okay. It, it is not a very uh, tech savvy and all that kind of thing. It is a very desi jugal. It is just metal uh, grinding teeth, uh, screen below and then there is a catcher. I tried that and that product took off like hotcakes. Wow. (laughs) 2016 September, rather October on uh, Black Friday, Mm -hmm. I had 1,500 orders of that product. Wow. So that was my first year. So first year, what I was expecting, rather what I was earning in my salary a year before that, I made roughly 15 times that.
0: Wow, that's great, yeah.
1: And this was the first year of a business. I was like, okay, I'm doing business only. I'm not doing anything else.
0: (laughs) So, is this... uh, So, this one you did for Amazon India?
1: Sorry? No, this is US.
0: US. Amazon US, right? (laughs) Yes. Amazon
1: US. In India, also I tried, but somehow it never took. So, that business slowly and steadily went down and I sold out the business. To a few friends of mine who are still doing it very happily. Then... From that side I went into the stationary side. From stationery, I had a lot of contacts go into the business. I was, in fact, till March last year the exclusive online distributor for link pens in US. I'm sure when you were a kid and I we were kids, we yeah. had all written with link Who pens. Who
0: doesn't know link pens?
1: <laughs> so the Pentonic range that they recently launched, I was the exclusive partner for the US side.
0: Wow. That's creative. So,
1: once that happened then i ventured again uh, the uh, did a deep dive into the business went into stationery from stationery to calculators to right now batteries
0: wow that has been a very long journey then from yes
1: i would have tried like 15 20 products by now
0: <laughs> so tell me uh, like did you had everything uh, to execute the idea you said you started with 5000 right like when you... mm. So what were the major challenges, the roadblocks that you had and how you overcame?
1: When I started, I had no idea what business was. I come from a family wherein everyone is into the service side. No one in my family could give me the guidance of uh, how to do the business, what kind of money inputs are required, how do you do a payment cycle and all that. It was a very steep learning curve. Curve. It took me roughly two years to understand, okay, what I'm doing is business in a different sense of the word. It is not standard trading. I was making a private label and selling it. It took me generally two years just to understand what I'm doing. Because 2016-17, internet and everything was still there, but the kind of YouTube videos we have today, over the last two years, the YouTube popularity has grown many folds and because of that, people have started sharing their experiences. But 2016-17, there were only a handful of people who could share their experiences. It was a very uphill battle. There were ups, there were downs, but I managed somehow. There is no such thing that I will say, okay, this is the point wherein it changed everything for me. or This is what had happened. Hmm. Some days were good, some days were bad. I had to learn everything, right from uh, making a listing on Amazon to packaging a product to shipping it out to handling customer service, I did it all. I was literally working like 20, 22 hours a day.
0: Wow. And what do you think is that one thing that had kept you going?
1: Just the satisfaction that even after 20, 22 hours, I was still happy. There was nothing that could bring me down because end of the day, I knew what I was doing was making something for myself. It was not that I am working hard so that my managers and my bosses could get new things. It was that if I am making something, I am making something for myself and my family. And I can provide employment rather than just take employment
0: for people. Right, right. That was the core driving force behind it. That's that's really nice, yeah. So, uh, so like, tell us a, a little bit brief about uh, where you are standing today when you look back, like, the day you quit your job and today... After so many, you know, like uh, ventures, like, like what's the experience, the stories that have completely, you know, the the situations that have completely, you know, given you a different, uh, per se, angle to life, to business, uh, to conduct business and, you know, like things, the challenges, the defeats and all those things.
1: Over the five years, my life has changed drastically from a point where I was happily married now, I am happily married with a beautiful child Aww. and that child came into being post I quit my job. <laughs> so, that was a awful battle in itself. Then changing from the US side to the India side was again a huge debacle. It took me two years again to just understand what India is all about. So, when we started, I was telling you about the quantums. In US, if I started with 5000, it has literally taken me 50 lakhs to start in India. That is the quantum of the Indian side. So over the years, I have actually learned how to manage money a bit better, how to handle the resources and employ people to do the job rather than doing everything myself. Or rather, I should say I am capable of employing people to do the job. Because when I started, I had to do everything. So I was the one who had, do, who had done the graphic designing for my logo. I had uh, done the photography. I had done actually the engraving on my grinders, the making of the stickers and everything. I was a one and all everything that I was being done for the business. Right from even the packaging and finally picking up the boxes and putting them in the car. I have done everything. I am thankful that the journey has been such a good one. But I am in a position to actually employ people who are able to do it for me and ease my workload a bit.
0: Right. And when, what was the time, like, you started off all on your own? You started yeah. off all on your own. So, what was the time when, uh, you know, like, you thought that this, this is the time when I should scale my company?
1: So, I started 2016, Feb. I started scaling in 2017, May. That was the first time I thought about renting an office premises. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was just working from home, doing everything at my place. I still have a huge thing tunnel at my place that I have absolutely nothing to do with right now. It is just something lying there at my place. So, 2017, May, I rented out an office. That is where the journey of getting better and growing the business started. Because before that, I didn't even have a place to employ people who could actually sit and do the work. Mm -hmm. 2017, after I rented the office, it was a very small office. We were like 500 square feet at that point. Even at that point, it was completely filled up with stuff. There was place for just me and one of my workers. At that situation, I worked for like two years. 2019 is when I shifted into my current premises, where I have a staff of five people working and we have enough space to actually store the goods and do the work properly. But so yeah. 2017 may is something when it actually started going up in yeah. terms of the size of the business.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, can you just tell me, like, uh, uh, March? I think Jan, early January, we started getting news of uh, COVID, and March was when we all of a sudden had a lockdown. So, yep. uh, what was the, you know, like the knee-jerk immediate reaction? Because uh, as a business owner, you must be having a lot of uh, things going on in your mind. So, uh, what, what were the initial? Uh, you know, thoughts that you had and any changes in the strategies?
1: Honestly, I was quite prepared for COVID because a few of my close contacts had already been to the European nations and come back because of the COVID scale. We had a number of meetings in Feb with these people to understand what is happening. So we were sort of prepared for it, not for such a long time. We were prepared that, okay, maybe a week, two weeks, three weeks is something that we will have to shut down business. We were prepared for that quite a lot. But when we came to know that the extensions are happening on the lockdowns, everyone was like, it cannot be there. There was definitely a time wherein we felt very low that, okay, the business is going down because we were constantly losing out of money. See, the bank banks always charge their interest. At that point in March, April, at the end of March, uh, complete April and May, we did not know whether the banks will uh, wave off their interest charges for the OD. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we started developing new streams of income. So earlier, I was just doing uh, batteries and stationery. That was a few grants. Uh, in May, we started venturing out. We started looking at the B2B world. We started supplying to the larger organizations. So the business scenario changed from just online till 2020 Jan. To online mix of online and offline by 2022. Mm-hmm. In the six months, we had changed the business a lot. Earlier, what we were doing was just bulk packing, as in getting uh, say a thousand pieces and giving it to Amazon directly to be sold there. Mm-hmm. Then it changed into then we were taking five thousand pieces, taking two thousand to giving two thousand to Amazon, two thousand to our wholesale customers, and keeping a thousand in stock. Maintaining a decent stock at our place also was there. Because earlier, we never used to keep a stock. There was always like, okay, if we need something, it takes four to five days to come from anywhere in India. And it was an acceptable timeline. Post-COVID, due to the logistical issues, we had to start keeping a stock of at least 45 days on Mm hand. That was again a huge undertaking. So the business went from just trading to stock and trading to stock trading wholesale And now, with the things that are changing, we are, in fact, even going into the OEM production. We are going to get our own products uh, custom made for us from outside vendors, not just China. We are doing China, Japan, Indonesia. Different countries to mitigate the risks aspect. Things have genuinely changed a lot.
0: Right, right. And what do you think, like, uh, are one of those uh, factors that Uh, you know like uh, uh, have uh, brought all these changes apart from covid there were like uh, you know like a complete shift in consumer demand also like people all of a sudden wanted to uh, you know not spend uh, much uh, on other aspects whereas just focus on uh, necessities as well as uh, offices uh, started uh, you know cutting costs and all those things did you see any sort of impact on those level in your business
1: There has definitely been uh, been an impact. But what has changed is earlier there used to be bulk orders from uh, B2B buyers whenever we were working. Now those B2B orders have changed into a B2C format wherein people who are sitting at home still need their pens, their papers to work. They still need basic batteries for the remote controls and their other gadgets. In fact, the dependence on gadgets has gone up many folds. So... The business has changed from just doing stationary and batteries to focusing more towards the battery segment and similar ancillary things.
0: Mm-hmm. People
1: have now even started stockpiling the back- torches and flashlights and all. Earlier, say, one year back, I'm sure you would not have bought a flashlight for like two or five years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I personally did not. Now, the trend has changed. People st- have started buying flashlights as well. People have started stocking those products what we used to do, say, 15-20 years back when there was an energy crisis and we didn't have electricity in our homes for like 4-5-5 four, four, five, five hours a day. People have started preparing for it. So the business has changed according to that.
0: Hmm. We are
1: now focusing on what the customer is looking at and what they may look at. So in the battery segment, right now everyone is using Duracell and Energizers. The next step is going to be the rechargeable batteries. In India, there are, I believe, only two or three brands that are available. Deorcel is something you can only find online. You have got the Panasonic Edelux, and to some extent the NV. These are the only three brands that are available in India. But people, since the consumption of electronics has gone up so high, say in your mouse, in your keyboard, in your TV remotes, the consumption has gone up because everyone is working at home. So, the trend will uh, shift from alkaline batteries to rechargeables. So, we are looking towards what will change rather than what has changed. If we just look at what has changed, it is just a knee-jerk reaction. We are just reacting. What I am trying to do is anticipate what is the next trend that is going to come and work on that today. So, that a year, two years down the line, we are prepared for it.
0: Right. So what are some of the key uh, trends that you are foreseeing in the upcoming days?
1: Honestly, a dependence on gadgets is going to go higher. We are going to go the US way. People are going to have more energy consumption uh, in their houses. Then the next thing that will come over the next three to five years is more shift from the conventional energy means to the rechargeables, as in going from your standard power grids to your solar panels. People will start moving because the cost of electricity has gone up. Then in the writing segment again, pens have been there for the last 100 odd years, they will remain. So that is something that business model is going to stay there. Apart from that, the way people spend their money has also changed. Now, WhatsApp has also started the uh, payments. Hmm. People will start using that as well. That will again add into it. Facebook marketplace has been a big part in US. In India, it is not that prevalent. It is there, but it doesn't even carve a niche out in the overall pie of the e-commerce segment in India. People have started moving towards that as well. So the mediums in which people will start buying on the e-commerce platforms are going to increase a lot. Hmm. That's one second. people will also start looking at something that is a bit used or something so as to cut the cost. Because end of the day, not everyone is getting the same paycheck that they were pre-covered. Everyone is looking to cut down. So sites like GoZEFU will uh, be more demandable now. Rather, they have started doing a lot more inventory. So a little bit chip off a table will not harm you in any way whatsoever. Mm. But I'm sure if it gives you a 20% discount on the retail price, you would happy. you would be happy to buy it. Right. So the consumer mindset is changing slowly and steadily and we are going the US way. We are looking towards saving a penny wherever we can. We are looking towards optimizing what we have. Because time is something after, started the, after the work from home started, we have all lost the sense of time. That's right. There is no differentiation between work from home and work. It is always work.
0: That is absolutely the, right, yeah
1: bosses are expecting that even on saturday since you're at home you're working yeah and that is true for everyone so that is why people will start going the u.s way they will start defining okay this is what i want if i'm not getting the money i would use it more wisely so things are changing that way
0: Hmm. Hmm. so uh, in terms of uh, the changes that we have like you know, like going through and as you're saying that we are, you know, like slowly moving towards the US culture. Uh, So what do you think that uh, there's going to be, then there's going to be a change in the spending pattern as well and saving pattern as well, if you think of the US culture, this is just a little bit of out of the, you know, the current thing that we are discussing. But yeah, just wanted to understand that do you think that the spending pattern, as well as the buying patterns, and all those things, are also going to be more U.S. like? That we move towards, uh, uh, you know, like a little, a little bit of more of on a credit uh, kind of an ecosystem and. Uh, yes,
1: to a lot of extent. Yes, we are moving towards more credit heavy. Earlier, what used to happen when the recession struck in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. India was not impacted that much because at any given time, a single individual had roughly two years worth of his spending powers held up in his savings accounts. That was true for our families. Everyone was there. It was everyone on the same boat. Then 2011 onwards, people started going more towards the credit side. Slowly and steadily, now each and every one of us has got multiple loans, be it an automobile loan, be it a personal loan, be it for anything else. But each and every one of us has become more credit heavy, because of that the spending pattern are more frivolous. People are going online and buying. See the simple thing is, in the rural areas, the spending is low because people have to give hard cash to buy things. Once the sense of taking the cash out from your pocket and giving it to the vendor goes away, you are just exchanging e-money. For you, okay, you just do a swipe, the get, amount gets uh, debited from your either your savings account or you swipe it by a credit card. The physical exchange is what prohibits the expenditure. Otherwise, what is happening is in US, the credit is so high only because what they do is the same. They do not carry any kind of cash. A typical US person will not have more than $100 even at that. $100 for them is a very large amount. They will not have that. But people like us, we typically have like two to 3,000 bucks in our hands at any given time in our wallets.
0: Hmm.
1: We are moving towards a culture where people are saying, okay, I have 500 bucks in my hand. That's good enough. I have my cards. I can do anything I want. We are moving towards a credit cycle like the US. But the thing is, since our parents are there, at least for the next 10 years, we would not be spending as high as the US people are. Right. Because there is a use and throw economy yeah that is why they contribute roughly 22 percent of the overall consumption of the world what they do is they use and they throw. they do not care about replacing but in india we still have that culture no if it is not used either return it or give it to someone don't throw it away
0: that's right yeah
1: in us that culture is absolutely gone so india is different but yes we are moving towards the credit side I'm sure we will be there but I would not ever want to be in the place where U.S. is right now. I would never want to be there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh so uh, coming back to our uh, context again. Uh, <laughs> so uh any in terms of uh, supply chain shortage during the lockdown <laughs> or post the lockdown have you faced any if yes how have you enhanced your supply chain resilience during this time?
1: So, pre-COVID, like I said, we were typically looking at 5 to 7-day transit time from anywhere across India.
0: Hmm.
1: Post-COVID, it became a situation where if I had to send something from my place in Burgaon to a vendor in Noida, that's roughly 70 kilometers away, it took me 18 days with FedEx. It really screwed everything up for us. What we had to do was do a more stock-heavy model Earlier, we were doing trading. Now, because of the issues of transit, we have to keep a lot of stock in our hands. So that if a customer asks for it, we don't have to wait like 5, 10, 15 days to ship it out to them.
0: Hmm. We can
1: just do it then and there. Secondly, we are for the nearby customers, the large B2B customers. Earlier, what used to be a pure dependence on uh, couriers, now the dependence has shifted from couriers to individual vehicles. So uh, people like Porter, Lala Move and all, we have started using those, even the be fast guys. So for small packages, what used to be say 50 bucks of courier, the pricing for courier is still 50 bucks, but the timelines are not definite. We prefer instead of courier, we shift on to these logistical guys who can do a one-on-one delivery so that the timeline gets cut, the expenses have gone higher because of that. Logistics has changed drastically, even for US and for the import movements. So typically for US, we used to look at like five days. Whenever I used to import from US before COVID, it was roughly a five-day transit time. Say if the customer hands over the goods to FedEx on Monday, it should be here delivered by Friday in India to my place. Now, what we're doing is we're looking at roughly a nine to 10-day timeline. If we don't do that, we are facing a lot of issues because of that. Airlines are offloading, international and domestic. cargo. So logistics has really, really changed everything for us. And since I am purely into the e-commerce side of things, for me logistics is a very key factor.
0: Hmm.
1: It is not a byproduct of the industry, it is the core of my industry. If I do not have a decent logistics network on hand I am unable to meet my customer's demand.
0: Right, right. So, so things are changed Hmm. So, uh, what what were your uh, steps that you had taken to mitigate these challenges? And if you could tell us a bit more about the strategy that you you know that you had implemented to balance, uh, uh, you know, like uh, the funding aspect, like the financing aspect as well as the uh, cost of input and output, and how you you know like uh, kind of uh, balanced your cost over there.
1: Okay. So, what is happening is, uh, now, since uh, we are unable to focus that much on the logistics side, we cannot control that that much. So, we have had to move towards the stocking model. The cost of storing the goods has gone up because the cost of capital of just those products has gone up. Hmm.
0: What we have
1: started doing is buying in bulk from our vendors. So, as to mitigate the price circumstances, say, if I buy upwards of 15 lakh rupees worth of goods or something, I can ask them for an additional 2% discount. That 2% discount is roughly the cost of capital of that product for the next 30 days. If I can rotate that cargo in 30 days, I can mitigate that 2% that uh, I have spent on the uh, capital expenses because I have already taken that. Anything that goes above 30 days, I end up having a slight loss on it. So if a stock has a product has been lying at my place for more than 90 days. I have actually earned a loss of 4% it. So, we have had to manage it very carefully. Hmm. For the financial terms, when the stocking has to go up at such a substantial rate, finances is always going to be an issue. That is why whenever I was looking at it, say for discounting my inverses with Apario or Cloudtail, I reach out to you guys. Right. Once you guys came into the picture, I could actually give you that additional 1, 1.5%, one 2% percent, percent of the net amount that I'm about to take from pre prepay to my vendors, take that additional discount and manage it in a way that I'm still profitable. Hmm. Had you not come into the picture, my sales would have not been to a point where I'm right now. Things have really changed. So for me, uh, it has been a substantial shift. So last year, what I did, entire financial year, 2019-20, as of today i just cut an invoice for one of my customers today that is equivalent to my last year's complete turnover wow that is the difference what we have done over one year period that is and
0: it has a in no way
1: a small effort from your side from fedex's side because without that i would not have had the inventory to convert the customer and not been able to do what i'm doing right now right
0: right This is massive. This is a beautiful growth, man. Uh, It's a beautiful growth story.
1: It is. I am genuinely thankful to my customers who appreciate what I am able to get them because there are some things because of my unique experience and my skill set, I am able to get to my customers that most people will not even think about doing. So very recently, I imported 150 knives. A single knife is worth 31,000 bucks MRP wow even today the order i am talking about we are talking a typical knife of around 45 50000 bucks hmm. these are hardcore tactical knives right so the things have changed and it is because of my uh, experience in my fedex days in my e-commerce experience negotiating with vendors i have been able to manage it so the transaction is going to be i am sitting in india the company is based out of US, the product is coming from China, I am managing in all three countries to make sure that I make the payment to US, the things come from China in a way that I can deliver to my customer in a timeline that he never even thought possible. Hmm. So we are typically doing a large transaction of say around three, three and a half CR in roughly five days.
0: Hmm.
1: We are able to execute that much.
0: Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. And Ish, uh, one last question. I just uh, wanted to understand. Like, uh, um, you were in sales and then you moved to entrepreneurship and uh, it has been five years, right? So what what are the, you know, like the skills from your previous uh, stints that you have taken uh, and harnessed it over here in your uh, entrepreneur, you know, this journey? And uh, how... Uh, You know, like what are the new things that you have learned uh, in this journey?
1: See, the basic skills that I've taken from my job days are the sales skills. I was a hardcore sales guy. I still am. Before uh, doing anything else, I take into account that if I am selling the product, what is the customer going to do with the product and what is the end use? If I don't know that, I am not able to pitch properly. That is something that was taught to me in my FedEx days and over my entire career. So, being a sales guy and having a lot of patience. Because when we are doing business, we need patience. The order may not come today, it may not come tomorrow, it may be one year down the line. So, sales and patience are two skills that I have genuinely got over from my uh, direct services. During the entrepreneurship time that I have had, one thing I have learned is how to manage money. Without having experience in sales, your patience levels and learning how to manage money, it is really hard to make it work in the business world. Because at some point or another, you will need either one of these skills to make it work. Hmm. Everything else can be acquired. But if you're not a sales guy, if you're not a natural sales guy and you don't know how to do it, then you will need someone to do it for you. That's an additional expense. Thankfully, I have been able to save that. Patience is something that every entrepreneur has to have. Just take into account Paytm. Paytm started what? 2009, I did my first transaction in Paytm. Would you even remember that Paytm started with uh, at, as long back as that? No. That's the thing. The <laughs> developer had to have a patience of roughly 7 to 8 years to just be known into the market. So patience is something that an entrepreneur has to have and if you do not have that, it is going to hurt you like hell. Then comes the managing of money. If you are unable to manage your money, so you don't know whether you are actually making a profit or just doing charity work. If you start off with a huge investment, say if a family is able to support you to the tune of say 50 lakhs once here or whatever, if you have got a huge investment, till the time you end up, Doing the books, you don't know whether you have made a profit or not. So having the ability to manage one's finances, both personal and professional, is something that you need to learn as an entrepreneur. For me, which was a very uphill battle. It has taken me almost five years to understand what I am doing. And I am still learning. Every day I learn something new. Every day I see something new and I want to explore it. I'm like a little kid in a candy store. I want everything in the world. Whenever I see a business, I want to do a complete deep dive and I want to understand whether I can do it or not. So curiosity is also something that has helped. I can keep on going on and on because being in business, it has sparked a lot of things in me. It has actually helped me cater to my curiosities. I've been able to do a lot of things that most people don't even think about. As of today, I have done laser engraving myself. I have done printing myself, pad printing, what you see on typical your cans and all that. Okay. I have done CNC engraving. I have done packaging. I have done even shuttle traveling uh, with boxes in my car. I have done long term journeys. wherein I have done 11-1200 kilometers a single day drive for a single one hour meeting. And these are the things that, which I always love. I like exploring new things. So for me, every day is a good thing. Every day I learn something new and I'm really happy. And I keep on acquiring new skills every day. Even now, I, am, I have actually started learning Japanese.
0: Oh, wow. Because
1: my next market is going to be Japan. I've already started learning that. I have even started doing a lot of other things in my life. I have started learning the, about different cultures, how do they work, so that I can penetrate the markets. So it's a constant journey. I would never say that, okay, I have learned this. That is why I'm here. There were things that had definitely helped me, but there are a lot of things that I've learned during look since I had no one on my uh, side to tell me, okay, how to do the business, how to learn this. It has to be a one-man show. I have done everything and learned everything, every single day. Even today while talking to you, I had had to uh, look at a lot of things. Just before talking
0: to you, I was looking at the technical specifications of few of the things and I'm not an engineer. I had to learn that. That's great, yeah. That's really great. So Ish, uh, anything you would like to add uh, to your story, things that you would like to highlight, any anecdotes?
1: See, what I would like to say is that you should never give up. I know it's a very cliche statement. But it holds true, if you hold on long enough. You, in a simple setting, if you're doing a job, if you're working for someone, you expect that in 20 years, you will be at a GM position or a VP position. If you're doing your, starting your own enterprise, if you're doing something on your own, you cannot say that, okay, two years is a good enough time to take a call that whether it is working or not, why not give it that same time that you were willing to give to a job when you were working for someone else to make something of yourself maybe you will not reach that gm or vp position but you will definitely do something that will make you happy it's very clear if it makes you happy do it if working for someone is your cup of tea i say don't quit but if you think you're not happy at the end of the day end of the year if you think okay what did i do just took a five ten percent hike on the pay scale that is not something you should be happy about say so 20 years along the line do you really think that five ten percent is going to make a difference Yes. If you can make that 100 times more than that. That is true. Well, that's why I say, keep on working. Don't quit till you have achieved what you want. Because if you quit before that, you are actually not doing what you wanted.
0: Hmm. That's true. Okay, Ish, it was actually like, very insightful like very uh, you know inspiring story like quitting your job and going on a vacation and finding your you know the business idea and thank you so much for sharing this uh, with us because I know it is completely personal and uh, but it's a beautiful story and uh, we are just uh, you know like uh, going to work on it and uh, uh, let uh, you know let's see how it comes up. And also Ish, uh, would it be possible uh, for you to maybe uh, share uh, maybe a picture because we may require it for the creative aspect as well? I'll ask my wife to uh, get a good picture.
1: Okay, sure. sure.